Hello and welcome to our new podcast series in which we talk about the present and future of Germany's economic powerhouse, the state of Bavaria. My name is Daniel and I'm a senior manager for investment and expansion at the Bavarian U.S. Offices for Economic Development, located in New York City. Since 1999, we support U.S.-based companies to expand to the German state of Bavaria and obviously vice versa. Our service is free, confidential and individual and our team is international. We are there for you locally and worldwide with more than 20 offices across the globe. Last time I talked to Marie Langer, the second generation CEO at EOS. This time I will try to get a hold of Kirsten Hegner, the managing director of the Digital Hub Mobility in Munich and talk to her about the present and future of mobility. Let's hope she picks up the phone. Good evening and welcome Kirsten Hegner, the Managing Director at Digital Hub Mobility. Kirsten is located in Munich, Bavaria, and I would like to hand over to you, Kirsten, so that you can give a quick introduction on yourself. Thank you, Daniel. And it's great to talk to you and to, first of all, to hear that you're safe and sound in the States. For us, that's far away. I've been in home office for seven weeks now. And so getting very used to these kind of formats. And I'm happy to talk to you. So I'm, I'm an economist by training. I worked at Bain Company, great American consulting firm and um, many years in the automotive company, uh, automotive industry. And I've been head of digital hub mobility for the last three years. We are located at Unternehmertum, and Unternehmertum is a very interesting company. It's one of Europe's leading entrepreneurship and innovation centers, non-for-profit, and owned by Susanne Klatten, who also is one of the owners of BMW. So, This is her entrepreneurial and non-for-profit um, engagement as a businesswoman and citizen. And so we get to do very, very creative and innovative stuff. We support startups at every phase from their creation to IPO. But we also work with established corporations to speed up innovation. We work in new collaborative formats with startups and citizens. And at the Digital Hub Mobility, that's what we do with our vision of a sustainable mobility in attractive and livable cities. That sounds very interesting. And thank you very much, Kirsten. And obviously, thank you so much for your precious time um, answering a couple of questions we prepared. So I understand that um, Munich seems to be on the forefront for new mobility ideas. And you also mentioned that you had been working in the automotive industry for many, many years. So um, what did the automotive and mobility industry look like in Germany before Corona really hit? Can you give us a quick overview and your, your view on the industry um, overall? Sure, I'll try. I would actually, like you have done, uh, differentiate between the automotive industry in Germany and the mobility industry. So automotive, obviously, is the, the companies like BMW, Audi, 
uh, Daimler, Mercedes, and so on. And uh, for them, 2020 was going to be the year to roll out electrical vehicles with 20-something new models from these various competitors, especially also to push back Tesla. And um, so this was going to be the year where it was going to happen, finally. And of course, this has been come to an abrupt halt now uh, with the production lockdown and sales lockdown completely. Um, these big um, automotive companies are also themselves active in new mobility. They've, you know, they, they of course, they have ride sharing um, operations and, and so on. They've been working in our digital hub mobility together even on new solutions in sharing, in pooling, new mobility options for, for employees that give them other options um, besides the co corporate car. So there's a lot of interesting um, things going on in the automotive industry itself. And then there's the mobility industry, of course, with especially with a lot of startups in micromobility at this point in time, electrical scooters um, and other innovative concepts. And that's what I would refer to as the mobility industry. And of course, for example, electrical scooters uh, through Corona, that, before Corona, that was the big hype. It was the big discussions. What are they useful for? Who needs them? Is it just a fad for tourists? Is it a, a, a valid or a relevant uh, part of a new mobility system that gives people easier um, access for the last mile to their public transport and can therefore uh, support to replacing cars and all these things, but right now they're gone. So that discussion has disappeared completely. I'm sure it'll come back again, but right now it's completely gone. So do you think Corona and the times we currently go through will have a major impact on how we move and how we perceive mobility in the future? Absolutely. I, I think so. I think that will really be the case. So there's, of course, there's uh, very, very negative um, Im, uh, impacts of this pandemic right now. And but of course, there's there hopefully will be um, positive impacts as well. Um, I think one of the general things that one could say is um, it was amazing how fast companies shifted, were able to shift to home office was in, unthinkable before. Uh, we have a prevalent work culture which really demands of people to come to, to work. And there wasn't all that much trust in people. Will they really be productive if they're in home office? Are they, aren't they just taking a day off, that kind of thing? Um, and all of a sudden, everybody's moved to home office and many people are seeing how well it works. And by the way, at this point in time, for a lot of people to be in home office is really very tough because their children are at home, too. I mean, it's not mm -hmm. a normal situation of a home office where your children will be in school or in kindergarten. They'll be taken care of and you will be working at home. So, the of course, the limits of home office are also becoming very clear in this experiment. But a lot of it is so... Um, out of the question by now that it's a valid option on, on certain days in certain situations and for certain types of work. And I do hope that a lot of that will stay. Um, there's new tools that everybody's learned by now, so on. So imagine if everybody just 
spent one day at home per week, that would reduce commuter traffic, obviously, by 20%. And a lot of congestion situations, that all you, that's all you would need to actually get your traffic flowing again. So there, that is um, quite a positive impact that I think might stay. Um, and right now, it's simply an amazing experience to travel in cities without congestion, with clean air, blue skies. I mean, you, you've all seen the pictures from Venice with the dolphins coming back and all that. We all feel a little bit like that when we do move around in our cities today. And that, of course, it won't stay that way. But um, I do hope that we will strive for that again now that we've experienced it. Yeah. I couldn't agree less. Um, More, I, I Yeah, yes. Um, okay, well, so now we had um, quite positive impacts and lessons learned you mentioned that will hopefully um, resolve out of, this, out of this crisis. How about the negative impact? What do you see could be a negative impact that comes with the crisis currently? Well, uh, I think for now and for the next year, one and a half years, I think we're all going to struggle, really, really struggle with the negative effects of the pandemic. It's crippling all industries. Uh, I just read a read a report today by a Munich uh, Economic in um, Institute, IFO Institute, and in April, for all industries have gone down dramatically. Travel minus 84%. Air travel minus 76%, restaurants and all that uh, 68%, even health minus 45%, um, because of course health is a lot of other stuff except for emergency rooms for um, Corona. And the only the vehicle production has gone down by 41% in April due to production shutdowns. And, and this is in, in times where the industry is going through a very costly transformation process anyway. This, the, I mean, the big discussion in the automotive industry before was how can they manage everything at once, develop electrical vehicles, develop the next technology for the time after electric, for example, hydrogen, transformability in itself. How are you going to do that? Um, trans, transform yourself from an automotive company to a mobility company. And to do that, you need a profitable baseline. And if you don't sell cars for now, there, that's a catastrophe. It's really, it's really terrible. So that's the fundamentals that we'll be dealing with. And on a, from a mobility perspective, of course, there's another different aspect that I'd like to introduce. In if you want to change, if you want to transform mobility to more sustainable transportation, for us that means usually it's either mass transportation to improve that and make make that really attractive for everybody for the, the broad and big volumes of transportation that's needed. And of course, active, um, active mobility, meaning walking and, and cycling. And for, for walking and cycling, for active mobility, of course, this is now a good time. But for public transportation, it's a very, very bad time. So people are going out of public transportation into their private car again. So even for long distance travel within the country, trains had really been gaining uh, versus cars, which was, from my perspective, a good thing. Uh, and now people are obviously are not taking the trains and they're not taking the buses and they're not taking the subways. And it will be necessary to develop measures that will rebuild trust of people 
to get back into public transportation. That will be very important, but it will be difficult and costly. Right. So that's a really, really, um, really severe um, aspect of, of this pandemic, obviously, in terms of the ov overall way that people will want to travel. On the other hand, again, like I said, active uh, people are riding their bikes, obviously, right now, but it's also springtime and people like to do that anyway in spring. And we can only hope that um, people will keep this up. Yeah. Perfect. So let's fast forward to 2021 and look back. Um, how could a new normal look like? I think that we, the, the new normal will be, you said 2021. Yeah, that I agree. A lot of people think we might be back to normal in, in autumn and this fall or something. I think it will take at least one and a half years to get back to any kind of normal. Um, the, and the normal will not be there before there is not a vaccine um, against this um, virus. Um, before that, before there's a vaccine, there won't be a real normal. And that will take a while. And that time until then, I, I read a, a term that I really liked, is like a calibration phase where now we're in crisis mode, okay? And there will, but there will be a calibration phase where we we will try to change the lockdown measures. We will ease them up a little bit. We will wait a while, see how how it works. If it work, works well, then there'll be more easing. If it doesn't work, then we'll be back to some more severe measures of of distancing and, and shutdown. And so this there will be quite a long time of calibration. Also, where countries you know will choose different paths and. We will be able to compare. Does Germany work better than Sweden? A lot of people in here in Germany are looking at Sweden and saying, "Hey, they can go to restaurants. They don't. They're not shutting down their economy. They won't be suffering that much. How, why don't we do it like Sweden? Maybe we will find out in four weeks that Swedish path wasn't that good. If if we see it works, and even in four weeks, we might choose to follow them more and more. So I think this will be a permanent calibration." And th this back and forth of restriction will also have an effect on mobility demands. So why, as long as there's this volatility, people will um, continue to perceive the infection risk as being quite high, and then they might continue to avoid public transportation. Um, and they might decide on a day-by-day -day basis how they're going to travel, what they're going to do. And yeah. I do hope that That's why I said we. This is now the time to think about how we will rebuild rebuild trust in public transportation once we have some kind of stability. And the digital hub mobility is actually one of the one of the institutions in Germany that will be very active in that. That's exactly where we see our role to bring the different players together and think up new ideas. Right. Kirsten, I know you are personally based in Munich, but I also know that you're very well connected, obviously, to um, neighboring countries and other cities, um, major cities and big hubs in, in Europe. Um, can you give us a little bit of a broader overview on what's currently going on within the mobility sector, not only in Germany, but also maybe in other countries? Oh, yeah, some really interesting uh, things are going on because uh, cities are using this 
uh, lockdown situation uh, and the empty streets to actually um, experiment. Uh, I think Bogota, Colombia, was the first uh, city that uh, it was just added more space for cyclists. What they do, they have a, usually they have a Sunday where uh, certain streets are banned for, for cars and they're open to cyclists. And they've just used that model to put uh, more cycling lanes in, like pop-up cycling lanes, um, so that cyclists can have more space because there's no cars around. And for, for also for pedestrians to be able to keep the distance that is necessary in the space, the normal pedestrian sidewalks aren't wide enough either. So they popped up these new lanes, taking them away from cars which aren't running, running anyway. Um, Bogota has added 120 kilometers of cycling lanes practically overnight. Um, and uh, Vienna has turned 20 streets into mixed-use areas for cars, pedestrians, and cyclists. They've just put in a 20 um, kilometer per hour speed limit. And so people can actually walk, cycle uh, in the streets. Cars can also still go, but they have to be, go very, very slowly and take care of the pedestrians and the cyclists that are there. So this is just making the best out of a, a bad situation and improving uh, the situation for the walkers and the cyclists. And I think that's very interesting. Perfect. I like the, the terminology of uh, calibration phase. Do you think during that phase, um, not only users, meaning the people, um, but also government and other institutions will be more adaptive for innovation? Do you think this whole crisis can actually have a positive impact on mobility overall, meaning being more open to innovation overall? Well, I, I do think that this crisis now has shown how important digitization is. I mean, even at Unternehmertum, I was just talking to to a colleague today, when we had to go shut down and go to to home office, what we did was we shut our laptops um, and went home and just continued to work because our whole um, everything, our documents, everything is in the cloud. There was not not a single minute of um, interruption in that respect. Of course, we had to develop new tools if we wanted to work together, interactive. But we can work on the same document. Uh, just like we would in the office. Uh, a couple of years ago, this wouldn't have been possible. And a lot of companies are just not there yet. It's not that easy for them. Uh, also, the uh, all the government um, institutions, uh, they a lot of their work is still with paper. For them, it's a lot more difficult to shift work to home office or to remote work. And I think well, this aspect has become very, very clear to everybody how important that is. And everybody is learning and a lot of people I talk to are experiencing this as a very interesting time because they're learning so much new things, so many new tools. And in, in, in this shutdown situation, that in itself I think is, is great. I perceive it that, that way myself. I've learned so many, to use so many interesting new tools. There's great new workshop tools that we're using and they're uh, no less productive than the working together face to face, and there your work is already documented right away. In that way, it's really great. 
I'm happy that to have that experience. Yeah. So yeah, I I, I mean I fully agree. This crisis really does have so feels like it boosts uh, some ideas that had been out there, but nobody really um, really thought about them. And now all of a sudden we are pretty much dependent on some of these tools in order to make our lives work. Um, I'll give you another example. Um, there's a, a company that we work with, a startup. It's called Dromos. This is a very interesting startup, which um, is working on building a mobility system with pods, small electrical independent pods that run on a separate infrastructure, which is much cheaper and easier and faster to build than, for example, a subway. But uh, if, it, if it's done correctly, it can have the same transportation volumes as a subway. So and sitting and before, you know, if you talk to people that you think, well, individual pods, I mean, we have subways. Why don't we just use subways? All of a sudden, individual pods with one or maximum two people sitting become very attractive. And um, so this, what seemed crazy before, obviously all, all of a sudden becomes very attractive. And I do hope that uh, this company can benefit from that. Oh, wow. That sounds like a really interesting technology and probably even more relevant for after the pandemic. Kirstin, I have one last question for you. Um, you know that we help US-based companies to expand to new markets, and obviously Germany and especially Bavaria is one of them, and it seems to be a very interesting one. Um, based on your experience and you managing different mobility players in, in the digital hub, do you see still opportunities for new companies to expand to to germany do you think there are still um there's still room for for new thoughts and and therefore new business opportunities i think that uh any i don't have a concrete example for you right now but i think any new idea new technologies that will work in making mobility more sustainable and now as we know safer and even uh, in more individual will be very, very sought after. And um, <laughs> maybe I'm, I'm uh, counteracting your intention now. You, we, you, these companies might not have to come to Bavaria to be able to work with us in Bavaria, as we now know, since um, remote working is here to stay. No, I don't want, I'm teasing. I think yeah. they should come and check out the innovation Uh, potential here in Bavaria and, and work with us and we're happy to to do that too. Um, well I really don't want to take up too much of your precious time and I would like to say thank you and thanks a lot for your time and your insights and your your uh, yeah great overview on what's currently going on in the mobility sector not only in, in Munich Bavaria but also in Germany and in, in the European Union. Um, and last but not least, you even gave an example of Bogota. Thank you so much. Thank and you very I, much, Daniel. It was a pleasure to speak with you. And um, I hope you stay safe, stay fit. That's what I do. I think that's uh, um, very important in this time, not to stay sitting down all the time, but keeping fit. And so all the best to you. Hope to see you again soon. 
Same Thank you. Here. All the best to you as well. Stay he healthy and fit and talk to you soon. Thank you very much. Bye-bye.